What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me once again uh, as my fellow co-host, Mark Francis. Howdy. Mark, what how you doing, up? dude? I'm doing great. Good to see you on this rainy, uh, no longer brutally hot summer day. Not brutally hot. I feel like I was in a monsoon last day or two. But, oh, it poured know, earlier this week. It's it did, okay. It's good to see you. I missed you. doesn't bother me. Uh, you weren't here last week, right? Not on the, the podcast, podcast booth? No, I was yeah. not. You weren't I was you in weren't the building here. just, you know... Roaming around, loitering doing about, thing. not doing anything. Yeah, that's just, okay. I don't need to be present in this. <laughs> no, it's good to see. You. I miss every you. single I miss time. You. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, Alicia's on vacation. We'll miss her. She'll be back next week. But thank you for being here, Mark. You Absolutely. Uh, joining us once again, we found him wandering through the halls. Figured we'd invite him back on. Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Marky Mark, how you doing, man? Very well. Good. Doing well. Good. Yeah. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, Romans six, boys. Uh, it's a lot to take on, Pastor Mark. I know you're up to your neck in it. Uh, a lot of stuff from this this past Sunday, and, and uh, Mark and I were talking before we press record here on just how many questions we actually have. Uh, that are, are good ones, I think, uh, but it's almost... <laughs> He's giving us the stairs. Th- there's, a, there's almost like... <laughs> weren't, you, weren't you listening? Weren't like, you paying attention? <laughs> I don't know where to go. All for other people. All questions should have been answered. <laughs> In fact, uh, I had thinking people come up to me and says, that answered all my questions, but... The th- okay, there you go. The thinking people. There's, there's the comment. Why these, that's why these podcasts exist. That's yeah. I'm, I'm host and host alone. Um, I don't know, Mark. I mean, share with us your your initial impressions on this past weekend, Romans six twelve through fourteen. Yeah. Well, well, I'm actually not. I'm going to deflect that question real quick. Okay. And you know, I I was in an online, um, live online, re- watcher this past weekend. Oh, cool. Not present in the building, so I got a chance to experience church from that standpoint. Yeah. So, from my PSA standpoint, yes, is to say how much, again, I, I'll not pat myself in the back, but the worship ministry. You know, what what is presented each and every weekend, being a part of the corporate gathering is a must. It's a must-see production, you mm. know, if you want to put it that way. Just listen, I mean, I love you, Mark, but just listening to the sermon alone by itself does not replace What, what do you want me to do, there. chant it or sing it? Would that help? All the he, above. You do sing. He Pray does it, sing on occasion. Chant it, sing it, play it, everything. But there's something to... I understand. Yeah. Not being present in the building for many reasons, COVID-related, right. I appreciate that and I get that. But at the same time, that's why we're posting the entire service online. Oh, yeah, to watch it all. And there's something to to lead you and to prepare your heart for hearing God's word, and then there's something to the effect of responding to it. Yeah. And when I hear Mark Carey's ending prayer, you know, say, and God, let us be a holy offering, and then if you just end right there, and if you just get the sermon... And, where do you go from there? It says, Dear Lord, let us be... Uh, and then it closes the tab. Got you it. don't know. But there's a song. There's response. There's songs yeah. and there's prayers that lead up to it. So that's my soap in a box uh, PSA announcement is to get out there and just watch the entire thing, guys. I will say... Don't just do the sermon. I, I like to look through the Facebook comments after the sermon because it is cool to see the people that are watching online wake up and they, they say uh, hi and good morning to each other, mm. like in the little chat. So I know they're not here, but at least they're engaging in some way. So we appreciate... I mean, I appreciate yeah. the entire online I miss everyone. And that is all part of it as well. But the, just the, I miss the everyone. corporate... Yeah gathering and the things that go involved that a it's biblical and b it's really essential to kind of really encapsulate the entire story that's being shared with the sermon and by the way we had our largest 
uh, in service ask, attendance uh, Sunday yeah. since COVID. Yeah. So it's we're we're pushing. The nine a.m. seemed full. Yeah, and we started Sunday school downstairs. It was it was cool. I was very encouraged after this past Sunday. So I was like, man, how cool is that? I just went to the nine a.m. service. Ton of people there. Got to see people I hadn't seen in a while. Then go downstairs, do Sunday school. Dennis and I are anticipating. 10 to 12 kids. The first Sunday school since March had over 50 kids. Oh, wow. Yep. So now we're already going to split them up into smaller groups. Great, so. Yeah. And that's why you and Hannah and the others weren't sitting in the first, uh, second service in the front row. Right. And not in the 11 o'clock. That's, and I yes, thought about yeah, giving you a heads no, no, up. No. I was like, he's going to miss us. But then I was like, he doesn't need it. He doesn't care. He doesn't know. But was, did you notice we weren't there? Well, but by some of the questions you're going to ask me, I'm going to wonder if you were there. <laughs> I, was the, I was in the nine o'clock. Yeah, I know you were. Okay. Yeah, you were right, about four yeah. or five. It's not all yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. Not so you saw me. You, you saw me. No, no. See, yeah. he notices. He yeah. notices. Back if I'm to not there. back to Romans six, yeah. twelve yeah. through fourteen. You know, for me, it's it's a uh, it's impactful passage, and and it really brings me to where you started with Romans twelve, and and that call to present your bodies and lives as living sacrifices, and that is an all encompassing thing, and it's not a question, but for me, it's just another little baby light bulb moment that we are spiritual beings. That was one of my interesting takeaways, that to look at how we exist, and it goes beyond just the here and now of what's present mm-hmm. and how we live our lives, and, and it's about the eternity factor that's yeah. at play with this passage of how we are called to really just present ourselves to God each and every moment, each and every day. And to me, that was that was a cool f- moment for me to kind of just have that little light bulb moment. And I, I'm sure all of you guys out there listening also had your own. But for me, it was just, yes, this is eternity that we're talking mm-hmm. about. That that began at the moment of my salvation. My eternal life began now. And, and here, what can I do? How can I serve? How can I live my life as an act of worship to God here and now, bringing Him glory, applying this passage applying the spirit to lead me and guide me so that that was kind of a a interesting thought no that's good and the the tie to romans 12 is huge and i think there's a a tie to kind of ephesians 4 in there too but pastor mark i'll come your way i want to know a was there anything that you wish you could have expanded upon if you had the time uh, in in these in these sermons uh and then kind of lead in that with a question you you use the phrase uh you call christianity a thinking man's religion Mm -hmm. Uh, and that got me thinking as opposed to what else uh how might not thinking so much or maybe feelings play a role and how do they tend to negatively impact the way we think about God nowadays? Well, I I was thinking of uh, the book that Harry Blymeyers wrote in 1961 called The Christian Mind. Hmm. And uh, I've got a quote from him here uh, where he's, he explains, there is no longer a Christian mind. He said, there is still, of course, a Christian ethic, a Christian practice, and Christian spirituality. As a moral being, the modern Christian subscribes to a code other than that of non-Christians. As a member of the church, he undertakes obligations and observations ignored by non-Christians. As a spiritual being, in prayer and in meditation, he strives to cultivate a dimension of life unexplored by the non-Christian. But as a thinking being, the modern Christian, now this was written in 1961, Hmm. the modern Christian has succumbed to secularization. Hmm. So, so that I think his point was, we 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 we're not, we don't think deeply, um, and and very long about what you were just saying, Mark. That I am a spiritual being that happens to be living right now temporarily in a mm. physical right. realm, and and all the impact of that secularization throws out that connection. That we are just a blob of something, and and 
and I, and I think what Blymeyer's is saying, and I certainly have experienced myself. I mean, I, I think I think this way at times, is that um, I run things through a grid. Uh, my 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 worldview or or my mm. my my thinking. I run it through a grid of the here and now of the how is this going to impact um, my you know financial portfolio or how is this going to mm. impact uh, right. you know what I'm going to you know how much weight I'm going to gain in the next month you know you know right. the the physical when it everything in the scripture screams for the fact that we are spiritual so much beings that's yep. so much deeper and the mm-hmm. eternal we've talked about many times in the past the dot and the yep. line type mm-hmm. of thinking of christianity we just wrapped up so much in the dot in the here and now how it impacts me now when it's the ongoing line thinking that takes us out into eternity what i do today is going to impact how i'm going yep. to experience eternity right so if i'm a thinking christian I've got a, the words I say, how I treat people, you know, what my encounter with God on a, my nurturing that is is preeminent or it should be. And that's one of my questions. And this is big picture, you know, concepts. But what is our motivation for living this Christian life? And then I think there's lots of answers. But, but you know, I think there's believers out there who have some different motivations of trying to to live a life that's pleasing, that, that is like doing what God wants them to do, or I'm I'm called to do this, or I'm called to do that, and they put it in their own power and their own strength, and and so you know they'll get depressed and they'll feel guilty that they didn't do enough things, and there's this idea that maybe I'm motivated out of uh, you know trying to please the church or do th- I, I think there's lots of different aspects of motivations for Christian living and and one of them that we've always talked about is hey to glorify God mm-hmm. um, but you brought up at the end of the sermon of that impacts our eternal um, position mm-hmm. if you want to call it that in in heaven and so kind of that's a whole sermon, I know. Yeah, but yeah. Well, but it's a whole series of uh, learning center classes or biblical yeah. training center classes that Don has the, taught before. Is that too. an appropriate kind of motivation? It's a thinking man's answer is what know, it is. Well, to, to have I mean, because again, there's <laughs> right. multiple motivations of how we're called to kind of yeah. live our lives as as a holy offering and spiritual hmm. um, beings. But that kind of that aspect of the here, not looking at the the dot, but looking at the line in the in the future and anticipate, yeah, um, where that goes. Yeah, I, I I mean I don't know how much we want to get into this uh, here uh, in this uh, sermon podcast, but um, I I real, real quickly let me summarize kind of three strains of biblical thinking hmm. or, or not biblical thinking, but thinking that Christians often have hmm. about how we live our life here. Yeah. And and one is living our life here for ourselves and 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 um, you know caught in sin and, and whatnot. Some would say, well that would prove that you never were a Christian to right. begin with. Because a real Christian, a genuine Christian would not do that. Right. There's another line of thinking that says, yeah, you were a genuine believer, but you slipped off and you lost your salvation because obviously a person who does those things is is uh, lost their salvation. Yep. There's another line of thinking, and I, I think it's all over in the scriptures. And I think it's it's a more biblical theology, and that is eternal salvation 
I receive it on the at the moment of faith. It, that's Gospel of John says it ninety eight times. Mm-hmm. Believe, 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 believe. Right. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him, um, and so at the moment of faith, those things become mine. But and, and as we've talked about in Romans, that that inner me now is transformed. Uh, I am a new creation in Christ, but I'm still encased in a body of sin. And there's this play this, that happens and this, this inner me encased in this body of sin that can lead me, as we'll see in Romans 7, to, to, to being caught in sin. And so this third way of thinking that I think is far more biblical is not that I never had salvation to begin with, or I had it and I lost it, and so I got to regain, I got to become a Christian over again. No, it is, there is something about eternity and how I'm living my life now as a follower of Jesus Christ is going to impact how I will serve the king in the age to come. Hmm. And it's the whole doctrine of rewards. It's, it's, it's all over in the scriptures. And, and that's part of thinking in the long term, the line thinking. Because, again, what I do now is going to impact. And, and part of how, I, how I'm going to live now has to we have to understand that role between my inner spirit and my outer man and the struggles and the warfare that that's going to because if we don't know that again thinking mm-hmm. christian mm-hmm. then we're, we're going to be um we'll we'll easily succumb and i think and, that's that's perfect because i mean what you're talking about goes to the foundational truths of the gospel and what it looks like to be saved and putting quotes around that. And and so people's perception of that is that I'm still working out my salvation and here, you know, but you're not under law, but under grace. Mm. And, and I'll refer back to some of those great sermons that you had years ago. Now, I mean, two, three years ago, you can look them up, but the legalism sermons. Yeah. I've got to get to that too in a couple of weeks, but yeah, yeah that was going to be my question. Okay. That. That's, that's good to know. Amazing because to have that understanding and have that perspective um, that we're not under the law, but we're under grace, that's freeing, right? Yeah. I mean, that that allows that kind of motivation question to be really a, a different question of, am I saved or not? But it mm. is a question of, you know, am I living for God? And then am I pleasing Him? And am I just obeying and just doing what He wants me to when, do? And, and, that's the natural progression of our sanctification. And am I living according to who I really am? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a book called The Marvelous Exchange, and in it the author breaks down points to almost address your question of what might motivate me to think this way and do these things. Well, if you are fully aware of your identity in Christ, it means you're fully aware of how much God loves you. It means you're fully aware that it is not determined by your performance. And then lastly, you have an assurance of victory in Christ Jesus. And I think it speaks a little bit to what uh, verses 13 and 14 set up. And I had a question for you, Mark, um, 13 to 14. Do not present your members uh, to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin will no longer have dominion over you to what you're saying, Mark, since you are not under law, but under grace. I think the lack of motivation comes when we think, okay, God has brought us out from under the law, but we think we're not under anything else. But we realize it's we're either under law or yeah. under grace. And it yeah. sounds weird. It sounds backwards. The way we understand our own language, what, I'm a slave to Christ and there's freedom in that? Yes. Well, 
And, and Paul develops that from verse 15 on. Okay. So, so yes. he, that whole next section of Romans 6 right. talks about that very right. thing. And that was going to be my question, because it, it felt like this past Sunday, and I, I was just asked because I didn't know, I figured, but I didn't know, we definitely focused in on why not to present ourselves as instruments for unrighteousness, but we will focus in on what an instrument for righteousness will look like and can look like, hopefully coming forward, because I had a conversation uh, with, with Pastor Dennis this morning about it, and he said, well, one of the passages that, that help unpack that even more pairs it to Ephesians 4, talking about the what, what might motivate a person. Okay, so if I am, uh, an example was lust. I'm struggling with lust, and I don't want to submit myself to that sin. Instead of just trying to say no to the sin, I can instead serve the Lord by caring for that person and valuing their identity in Christ. So it's not just saying no to the sin, but it's a yes to God component. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but but let's not be too quick to um, to end the the spiritual warfare sure. of, this, uh, of this flesh, mm. uh, because I do think that it it is what trips us up as Christians. And it's just why Paul puts this in, not only in Romans 6, but in mm. uh, Colossians 3, uh, in the book of Hebrews, and various passages of uh, you know this whole thing of presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. So uh, I think we need to, to, to dwell in that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I brought out a little bit in the applications in the, in the message, it is this conscious effort... Um, a conscious mentality that um, this idea of presenting myself, literally putting at God's disposal. Hmm. So, so we think of being presented. You know, I, um, uh, today we um, celebrated Rich Brito's uh, retirement at our pastoral staff meeting, and um, um, this coming Sunday uh, we're going to present him with a little token. Of appreciation, a gift, and um, we're going to give that to him, present it to him, and once we present it to him, he can do whatever he wants with it. <laughs> it's at his disposal to, to do it. Mm. Uh, in the same way, on a daily basis, we have to present ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We have to present the members of our bodies as instruments; they're weapons uh, for warfare, for righteousness, mm. and it is a conscious act of the will. That's why it's a command mm-hmm. right? that that calls us um, to take this warfare seriously and um, understand the weakness of the flesh and its susceptibility, its vulnerability to those enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and realize uh, on a daily basis we have to consecrate ourselves to him. And then I, I, um, I brought out in verse 13 the second well, it was actually the third imperative in the last part of verse 13, and um, and uh, and present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments. That was what was called an, uh, an aorist imperative. The aorist tense in Greek is a is more of a, a point-in-time action. It's a snapshot point-in-time action. Hmm. Um, uh, and so as we go through our day, and and we can become it, it's it's like the um, it's like the circadian rhythms of spirituality the biorhythms you know we can let our guard down at whenever and be, you know we, we and and we have to always be aware 
that in this moment and when we least expect it, we Prone. can get tripped up. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, in that moment, we say, okay, God, I know what's going on here. So Lord, here, take this. And it's recognizing it. I mean, I think part yes. of your application is knowing it, believing it, and then submitting to it. And so that's, that should be our constant prayer constant. each and every morning when you wake up, each and every day, day, as you're being engaged in something that flares you up and you get angry or you might lash out or whatever's going on. How can we have that reminder to then get out of the yeah. the the flesh response that's just that's mm-hmm. not appropriate and yeah. say, God, teach what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Take a moment. It's really good. Show me what to say. Show me how to act. Show me what to do. And it's, and, and it's that knowing, believing, submitting. I yeah. think we're the three key words. And, mm-hmm. and and then know and remembering that the problem is not with my inner self. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have this so old good. nature that no, that that's not where the problem lies. The problem lies, as, as Paul has said, in the members of my body. And so back to verse 6, when he says, Know this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that the body of sin, and so those are different things. Mm-hmm. I try to bring that out. Right. So that our body of sin, that's this physical body, that this body of sin may, might be rendered powerless. That's literally the word. Um, done away with, but uh, King James is destroyed, but it's not... To that degree, it's 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 neutralized. It's mm. it's it's still there, mm. but it's rendered powerless. Mm. The plug is pulled on it. Once we understand this, yeah. that the old self is crucified, and once we realize that that body of sin now is neutralized, the last part of verse six is so that we no longer then are enslaved to sin. It doesn't enslave us. We're, we're not mm. held in its sway. Um, so again, it's a conscious effort to realize this yeah. is warfare. Yep. And the problem is not in the inner me; it is in the, in a sense, the outer, outer me. me. And somehow, it's a mysterious <laughs> right. thing because it, right. because this is flesh and blood. I mean, yep. but it is a it, it, there's a spiritual component to it. That's but, where the, the little mini light bulb for me is. It just, it just once again becomes more clear how spiritual this is, and it's a spiritual warfare. But, it, but yeah. that it's our soul that is the thing that is just at stake. I'm not at stake, but that's the th- that is what is kind of driving our ship is that you know we have this spirit that is empowering us to to do the right things but then we still have this flesh that in the human perspective people are scratching their heads like what are we talking Mm -hmm. about here what is going on but 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 spirituality and faith are not in the business of instant gratification and this world is i mean it's all about what you can get how you can get like the dot versus the line like you just said and and to your point earlier about the spiritual warfare that was what stood out to me the most in this sermon i'm writing away i have tons of questions but the the spiritual warfare the reality of that and then you broke down the word instrument you hear that and you're like oh okay like a lovely little uh, musician and his instrument and i'm being played by jesus no like you're a tool or a weapon it's a weapon yeah <laughs> yeah so so you are doing these things and are a part of this or you're a part of that and so it, it wakes you up a little bit to what's going on, which yeah, I think is cool. Yeah, we we can be so easily lulled to sleep. It's the old screw tape <laughs> right. letters, yeah. You know mm-hmm. where the, the the wormwood and the the nephew and stuff, and and it was like you know basically lull them to sleep, get them to think that we're not even around. You know that that, that yeah. Uh, so um, the world, the flesh, and the devil, hmm. um, and the, the interplay with that, I think, is we we know that the whole world lies in the grip of the evil one. The God of this world, mm-hmm. Satan, is and his minions are a force um, that that level of power that we in our own humanists cannot battle 
and have victory over. So let me and it energizes the the world viewpoint and this flesh. This mm-hmm. it, it can it can impact all that. And I had a question for that in, in the sermon. You mentioned you defined three different enemies. Yeah, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil. I was wondering if you you'd be willing to unpack those a little bit more. How are, how are they different? How do they interact with each other? What's the what's the qualifier there for? Well, the again, degree? I think again, Satan is the the god of this world. He yeah. is the one who is overseen at all, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. empowers and inf- infects um, the the world mentality because it's his realm, mm-hmm. and he can also energize um, through his in- enticements and the lusts, um, the the sway of this the the flesh, this body of sin. Um, so. He's the grand schemer in it yeah. all. His tools are the world, the flesh. Um, so, for instance, um, and 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 his primary tool in terms of us as human beings is our mind. Hmm. So, second a, a hmm. example is Second Corinthians, Second uh, uh, Corinthians eleven, where Paul is concerned about the Corinthian church, and he says, "I fear for you." Verse uh, one. Um, uh, verse 3, uh, but I fear for you. I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by the crafting, by his craftiness, your minds might be led astray from the simplicity and devotion to, uh, to Christ, the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Your minds might be led astray. How many times in the scriptures do we read, do not be deceived, mm. my beloved brethren? What did Jesus call, What? how did he label Satan? He called him the the father of lies. Mm. He's he he's a roaring lion, but his his power is in the lie. He's toothless and he's defeated in the sense that he can't. But but he pounces on us with his lies. What, what does the roar of a lion do? It paralyzes its prey with fear, and and so Satan comes with his lies, and Paul is concerned with the Corinthian church. I'm afraid that as a serpent deceived Eve. By his craftiness, your minds might be led astray from simplicity. So he works in the realm of the mind. Second Corinthians ten five. We have to take every thought captive to right. the obedience of Christ. So that's how the flesh. So, so it it goes, and we're packing a lot in here. But it goes back to this whole little. I think even the crew uses it. The old Camps Crusade terminology of of facts, and and faith and feelings. So it's it's like a, a like this train or or mm-hmm. it's, or, or uh, Watchman Nina's book Normal Christian Life used the little illustration of three men walking on a wall. The man out front is the facts, and uh, the person behind him walking on the law is faith. And faith has to keep looking at the facts. This this mm-hmm. is what's true. That and that's what faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It, this is what is true. The last guy on the wall is feelings. When when faith's turns around and starts looking at feelings, they're going to fall off the wall. Hmm. you got to keep looking at the facts. Mm-hmm. Feelings follow faith. What a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If I told you right now that you know there's a poisonous snake you know, it's crawling up the back wall on your chair, it's about to strike. I'd say, how'd Ben Sanford get in here? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously you don't believe me because you, right. you looked at me and threw a smart remark out. Yeah. But um, if you really believe me, there'd be a shiver of... Fear, and if you believed that was true, your emotions would mm-hmm. impact mm-hmm. that. Sure. Whatever we believe to be true, our feelings are going to follow that. 
Well, it's kind of like the old adage also, you know, Satan's first goal is to get us not to, to believe in Christ. And then his next goal is once we are to render us empower, powerless and, and feed us those lies and right. keep us from neutralized from, and ignorant. from growing and and showing the gospel to the world. So hmm. it, once we're in this boat, Christians, we're here, he's going to do everything he can to to keep us down, keep us quiet, keep us from growing and, and displaying God's glory, because that's where he's got us. And then we'll, we will be, as he says in Ephesians 4, we'll be tossed about by every wind of teaching of doctrine, the trickery of men, the craftiness and deceitful scheming that goes back to our mind, mind again. Yeah. Goes back to, again, Harry Blymeyer's. We are, we're, we're no longer a thinking people. Christianity is a thinking person's religion. We have to know this, know this, know this, and then we have to believe this is true about who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of practical things you can glean from that, even even 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to Christ. We don't do that. We're not good. We're not good at that often, but that is a one practical way to, to feel a little bit better on your drive home from work when the thoughts are rambling on and, and yep. whatever circumstantially is happening. And Romans um, 12, what you said before, the, yeah. being transformed by the renewing of our yeah. mind. That's uh, We can constantly get shifted. Don't think the way the world thinks, man. Yeah. No, and I think practically speaking, in, way, in terms of real practical application, going back to what you were saying, you know, driving home, and, and it, it, it is when, just as for sake of illustration, as an example, when, um, say, I find myself discouraged or or depressed or 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 say i i erupted in anger or something like that i said something unkind to my wife or whatever this is where thinking comes in it's it's we got to ask ourselves wait a minute what am i thinking that led to that action Mm -hmm. because what i'm what a man thinketh so is he where 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 did that and if all we do is focus on the action now we put ourselves under the law so what am I going to do? I'm going to come into some disciplined thing where I, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, put a duct tape frame, duct tape my mouth or yeah. something like that. No, let's get at the root of the thing. And the root of the issue is I'm thinking something that is not true. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I think I can blow up at that person or or have that thought or, or say that or do that or whatever, that that's going to alleviate. Do I actually believe that that's going to solve the problem? Well, I must in that moment because that's what I did. As if that's got us, where's my thinking going on? Yeah. So we, we capture that thought, and we, I think we need to be brutally honest with ourselves as believers. It's pulling that baby out of our brain, laying it on the table, and saying, is that true? Is this thinking true? And I don't think we do that in a disciplined way. We just kind of go through... And we're pulled along by whatever right. happens. Mm-hmm. Or, and, um, or even if we do it, we don't use the Bible as, yeah. a, as a grid and or for, to rationalize it. That's for right. me, in any of those situations, it's that knee-jerk reaction that, that mm-hmm. pushes me right into sin, whether it be the, the anger or the, the reaction or the unkind words or whatever go, whatever's going on there. That knee-jerk reaction is that's just... Yeah, you know, not walking in the spirit. Well, and, and, <laughs> and so I, I, not thinking about what you know, where is God in this but thought it, process? And again, even in those small moments, instant gratification. If I yell at this person, I'll feel better. I mean, I, in biology, I learned the the brain is literally wired to reaction quicker than it is to reason. The the connections you make will reach the part of your brain that are feelings, raw emotion, yeah. the flesh. Yeah, right. And sometimes it takes whew, some time, some deep breaths to, to really think, like you're saying, put it on the table and find the reason in what's going yeah. on. 
because we react. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 um, says, See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles, the ABCs, the do-re-mi, the sequences of thought of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete in Christ. So, So we go back to, again, it comes back to who I am in Christ and who Christ is. It, it, so our focus has to be Godward. It's it's all about Jesus, and who I am in Him. Otherwise, we will be held captive, and be easily deceived into a world way of thinking that aligns itself and our and our physical bodies. That this body mm-hmm. of sin will very easily fall in line with that, and because of the way we've been conditioned. And uh, mm-hmm. so again. Biblical thinking, who I am in Christ, Romans 6, then the commands, yeah. present this, and then he'll go on later and explain that we we become a slave to whoever it is we, we give ourselves our allegiance to. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's good. And focusing on, on these thoughts, these verses, these questions, 40 minutes a week, it just doesn't really cut it. I mean, you mentioned you've been studying the book of Romans, I don't even know how long, and you're still... Yeah, you know, still, growing and, and understand it. Yeah. yeah. Well, still. you know, it's, you can read a passage of scripture, study it well. You who, people who've studied, you know, Bible teachers, and you've taught things, and you come back to it a year later, or five years later, or five months later, and you you find layers of truth that you just at that time in life you just weren't open to it or ready to see it or something, and now it's like, oh wow, hmm. yeah. Well, I also appreciate just different times and places and time and here we are you know you taught this 18 years ago 19 years ago and if things are the same but things are different so our church and the culture that we're in is different than 18 19 20 years ago but the word of god romans is the same but how it's presented and how we hear it i'm learning new stuff Mm -hmm. from what i didn't learn in here from 18 20 years ago when you preached it so there's there's an aspect to what I appreciate what you do is packaging it in a way that is relevant to our culture and to our congregation, knowing kind of where we are and, and how we need to grow. Yeah, good. And and both you guys mentioned at, at um, then you know the pulpit thing is only so much. What you guys mentioned uh, kind of more throwaway comments, but it was like you had discussions with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're so so it. it it, it, Sunday mornings is not the end-all, be-all. It almost is the catalyst to get us thinking, be like the noble Bereans. Let's go back into the scriptures to see if these things really are so. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's a catalyst to drive us back to to checking this out. Is this mm-hmm. so? I got an email this week from a young guy um, last night asking some pretty very good questions about that passage again in Romans 6. Um, that's what I like to see. Is it stirring up? Is it? Is it? Uh, are you questioning this? Don't take what I say at face value. Get into the word. This is the authority, not this guy talking. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, check it out and um, wrestle with it together. Yep. Grow in, and then grow in the grace and knowledge of Him. But remember, again, it's all about Him. In Him is all the fullness, and yep. in Him we've been made complete. So don't be deceived by wrong thinking um, about who we are about the warfare that we're engaged in, um, let's take it seriously. Yep. It's awesome. Mark Francis, this is the last podcast where we look forward to the 40th anniversary. 
What do you What do you have for us? Well, yeah, I mean, this is the culmination of what we've been talking about all year. Um, to it's be true. able to celebrate it together as one church, one body, all in the same time and place, it doesn't mean that the anniversary is over. We want to continue to celebrate it all mm-hmm. year. So just to that, I mean, we have been interviewing people on the the family podcast channel, Fellowship Family. Mm-hmm. So you can look out for that if you haven't listened to them. Listen to the Lumps and Rich Brito. And this coming Friday are the Williams. And then there's even a, a, another interview happening that'll be a follow-up, which is a su- special surprise. So be on the tune for that for next Friday. But this weekend is the celebration. And so, I, I mean, there's so many things we've been talking about. But one one worship service, it starts at 10 on Sunday morning outside, but get there early because you want to get your seat, you want to get your coffee, get your donuts, and there'll be some things happening before even 10 o'clock that you want to get tuned in for. There's going to be a trivia quiz we're going to be talking about and uh, have some really fun, cool things to give away to you guys that get there early as well. Yeah, so, so, so none of this pulling in at 5 after 10 and, uh, and walking in at quarter after 10. This Sunday, folks, no get, names. Set your clock, change your thinking, and say you know church starts at nine thirty, so that when you do get there fifteen minutes late, you'll you'll be actually. On Maybe time. we should just tell everybody to set their clocks. <laughs> back and there you go. No, but and then after the service, after the celebration out, right? time, we're going to be having hangout time. There'll be plenty of food. So if you want to bring your own bag lunch, you can. But we've got plenty of food options that'll be at a really discounted price. FBC is providing a few things as well: some chips, some snacks, some drinks. Um, so it's going to be just a fun time for all. Children's ministry is providing some things to give away to kids to play with afterwards. But just. Be prepared to engage with the body of Christ here on Sunday morning. And, and you, we're still attempting to be socially distanced and be be safe mm-hmm. about how we do things. How we serve food is going to be kind of in a healthy way, in a safe way. So don't fear about that. Come on out. And, um, and uh, be- this, this building will be open, so the restrooms will be available to people. And then up on our second floor... Uh, our folks have put together a wonderful timeline of the from the uh, 1980 uh, to the present, a timeline with pictures and a little bit of history of the FBC. Come on upstairs to the uh, to that um, uh, fireside room, yep. and there's a little chalkboard thing outline around there. You can take some chalk and you can put your name at the, about the time or the date when you started coming to Fellowship Bible Church. Yep. So it's interactive and. Uh, that, and, that'll and be open and available too. It'll be open not just that one day as well. Right. Um, we'll keep that up. So just feel free to check it. There's some That's really good. cool artifacts. And we'll call them artifacts. They're relics, you know, from years ago. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. dug them out of the yeah. dirt <laughs> under under like, Mark Carey's office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Mark Carey's uh, resume, you have an artifact. It, okay, yeah, that's there. so. See, that he said it. There. I wasn't going to say it. I was going to leave that up from, from a, an archaeological Dude, dig. That is such. That's so cool Some that your resume sitting up there. Yeah. Did you? Did um, this isn't a joke? Did you? T- it's on a typewriter, right? You made that thing yeah. on a typewriter. Yeah. Yeah, it's all part of yeah. the exam. Hey, Come y'all check are it out. so old. It's, it's, yeah, oh, May man. of nineteen eighty nine. That's so cool. Yeah. But you get to see how he wrote up his resume. Take a few tips. Very professionally done. Thank you. Um, actually, I have a bet going with somebody. Is your resume in digital form anywhere at all? No, I figured it wasn't. Okay, cool. That's we that's can, all. We'll that was make it question. digital. Yeah. We'll make it digital. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, and just a reminder, Mark Francis mentioned it. Uh, Fellowship Family Podcast is up and moving. We've added more content to that. We also have the Global Church Podcast. You can hear from our missions pastors, uh, some of the stories they have they have from their trips and stuff. It's super cool. So you can find all that at Fellowship Bible Church YouTube page uh, and at fbcva.life forward slash podcasts. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. <laughs>